0: Morning Liberty. Well,
1: hello there, everybody. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Although Um it's not that happy because it was kind of a kind of a bad weekend
2: overall. Overall, yeah. yeah. The, the entire weekend wasn't great. Yeah.
1: Not not that great, but this is Good Morning Liberty, as Charlie was about to say. And uh, as usual, you've got the next couple minutes to hit that subscribe button that you can see right there in front of your face.
2: I forgot to mention, we had a listener uh, text me yesterday. Oh, yeah? Uh, Jeff, uh, thanks for listening to the show. He took advantage of that coupon, I think you mentioned the other day. Oh, nice. Yeah, the sip, sip and, and Scan. <laughs> the Sip and Scan coupon? And he took advantage of that, and uh, literally, he sent me a screenshot of our next show just popping up on his phone automatically. It gave him a notification.
1: Well, nice. Yeah. Wow So it works so if it you works. just
2: hit the button. Okay. Well good. Yeah.
1: Good. So we have proof. We have actual proof that if you do take advantage and you hit that subscribe button, that you will in fact receive our next show directly to your phone. Absolutely so free. Yeah, we, we have we have proof. We have a positive review of that happening. So
2: if you want to spend money to defeat socialism, you can go to our merch store on yeah. the page. Uh, all of that money goes directly to uh the causes that we that we talk about here, which is defeating tyranny tyranny because tyranny's bad, okay,
1: yeah, we don't like it, yeah, the other thing we don't like is uh this whole mass shooting thing that's happening, you know seems to seems to be a a reoccurring theme today uh i can i can i don't know, I can kind of side with the media on that that does seem
2: more frequent, you know Yeah. There were like four or five of them this weekend. Two, two exacerbated by the media, but yeah, there's not, a few that are missing. That not so much,
1: not so much the ones that happened in Chicago. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. There were two mass shootings in Chicago for sure. Uh, in Chicago, there were two mass shootings separated by about three hours, where seven people were killed and uh, I think it was twenty nine people were injured.
1: Okay. Yeah. I guess they weren't the proper uh what politically motivated mass shootings probably not that uh that the media needs to cover so um well i wanted to play what what president trump had to say about this because he did have some good words to me some really positive things to hear from him which is they he did come out and he did condemn this as an act of domestic terrorism actually which I'll go ahead and say in contrast to previous presidents we've had an issue with them coming out and using the words terrorism uh mm-hmm. when when mass shootings took place in the country but um I I'll go back to that uh uh the Fort uh Fort Collins thing that happened in Texas I believe that was a a workplace incident is what happened at at that point in time. <laughs> that um, was on an army base. Yeah, that was on a on a base in Texas and uh that was described by President Obama as a as a workplace uh, workplace violence oh. at that point in time but Trump did come out and call this domestic terrorism um, he said that we needed to condemn white supremacy the whole country did as as one voice uh, so he you know I think he's right and all that and I wanted to to maybe play that a little clip of what he had to say that hopefully some of the media gives him gives him credit for although I know they're not going to
0: the shooter in El Paso posted a manifesto online Consumed by racist hate. In one voice, our nation must condemn racism, bigotry, and white supremacy. These sinister ideologies must be defeated. Hate has no place in America. Hatred warps the mind, ravages the heart, and devours the soul.
1: So, uh, what, what do you think about that?
2: Great speechwriter. Yeah. Definitely. It'd be nice if maybe Warps he... Warps the mind and ravages the soul.
1: It'd be nice if maybe he was reading off of teleprompters more often, yeah. honestly.
2: Yeah. If he could just have like a teleprompter filter for his Twitter, that would be, it'd good. be amazing.
1: We should add that in there. Yeah. Where someone else tells him what to write on
2: Twitter. Well, look, it's it's the obvious response that you should have. Like, obviously, you shouldn't be a bigot and you shouldn't hate people. And obviously, you should condemn racism. It's, it's like, it's like being against poverty, you know, like it's the obvious thing you should say. I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad thing for him to say, but, uh, you know, most reasonable people in America are, are not racist. They're not white supremacists. They're not bigots. Uh, most people just want to live their everyday lives and not have to worry about being shot. Uh, that's definitely one thing for sure. But, um, you're right. The media is probably not going to give them any credit for this. Um, we did not hear this same type of, of thing from previous presidents, uh, Obama included. And the thing about it is, is that what is triggering, and I know we're going to get into this, but what is triggering people like the El Paso shooter to write that manifesto and then go out, go into a Walmart and just shoot as many people as they can? I mean, it's, it's just... I can't even fathom that type of thought process.
1: It's well I I think we've pinpointed the culprit. It's the internet. That's Oh. That's what it is. Yeah.
2: Is this where Trump's going to say things we don't like? Yeah. <laughs> we'll go <laughs> we'll go to that
1: too, but we've we've pinpointed the uh the proper culprit in this scenario, which is that uh the internet needs to be taken care of. It's a dangerous place. Yeah. So <laughs> do you want to hear what he had to say about that? Yeah,
0: sure, go ahead. We must recognize that the Internet has provided a dangerous avenue to radicalize, disturb minds and perform demented acts. We must shine light on the dark recesses of the Internet and stop mass murders before they start. The Internet, likewise, is used for human trafficking, illegal drug distribution, and so many other heinous crimes. The perils of the internet and social media cannot be ignored and they will.
2: A couple things in there. He he basically said it took place on the internet, but I'm pretty sure this guy like went physically into a Walmart. Yeah. And the guy in Dayton like went physically into the mall. Yeah. That, that is how these, they didn't carry out the attack on the internet. No, not at all. And, and the other thing I would say is that I think you mentioned in your article that you released today, which is a great article, um, you mentioned the fact that, or, or what what Trump fails to mention, a couple of things. What he fails to mention here is all the great things the internet has brought us. It's literally brought us the greatest world we've ever seen. Um, and the second thing is, is like, you're not going to stop any of this from happening. What will happen? What is the people that are out there on the internet talking about these things? They'll just go into a darker hole. Well, yeah, they'll just bury it deep down.
1: It's not like this guy got on. 8chan and choreographed this attack with a bunch of other white supremacists and that, and that's how they were able to do it. Right. You know, he, he just went out and did it. And, and I don't think, I think I put this in the article also, but I don't think normal people are going out and being radicalized on the internet in, in any kind of way, like any kind of hatred, especially they single out 8chan a lot, which I, I haven't been on 8chan, but what I assume is a forum that, uh, that does not have a lot of restrictions on any kind of speech that you that you use on it. So they they single that out, but I don't see this as causing any kind of ra- any kind of radicalization of of anyone.
2: Yeah, this person already had these ideas before and, he went on the internet.
1: And kind of like a couple things that you said that are very true, which is that we need to be able to see these people. The worst thing you could do is shut down their forum because then they're just going to find a new forum that you can't, that you can't see like that. These ideas have existed before the internet.
2: If you're going to attempt to stop mass murders, which you're not, you're not going to no. stop all of them, but if no. you're going to attempt to stop some of them, wouldn't it be nice to at least see what these people are saying and maybe have a beat on them before they can carry out their plan. If if they post their manifesto online a couple of days before they actually carry it out. Wouldn't it be nice that we could see those things happening instead of restricting them from posting them? That's not going to deter anything, but like m- humans murdering other humans has existed since humans have existed. Yeah. I mean, we're talking f- hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years. I mean, one of the oldest stories that we have in written form in the Bible is Cain and Abel. and yeah. Cain kills his brother, Abel. Abel doesn't last very long in the story how long had Kane been a member of the Rock. How long had Kane been a member of 8chan at that point in time? Well, I don't we don't know that information. Okay. Uh we haven't been able to go back that far and see what his posts are. I think he properly deleted them. Maybe. Okay.
1: Okay, so he he actually had all those Twitter <laughs> posts cleaned up then. Yes. Okay. He must there, have because there must we can't have been a lot of them there must have been a lot of really bad ones though.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, and and the thing about it is, like, he did it with a rock, and clearly they haven't banned rocks yet. So that's the pro. That's another problem. Yeah. That we're running into is that people can be murdered with rocks, and rocks aren't banned.
1: That's we should maybe look into that. Yeah. You should write your congressman about exactly. that. Exactly. But the other thing you said, which I hadn't actually thought about, was the fact that the internet has brought us so many good things, and to me, all the good things that it has brought us. No matter how tragic it may be, all the good things that has brought us easily outweigh the bad things. I mean, you're talking about the information being available at your fingertips all the time. What that's done for humanity is probably not even measurable. Yeah. But then how
2: smart it's made us, the, how
1: connected. The efficiency of all of our markets when it comes to ordering products that you need, being able to sell products so you can have a better living and not only being able to sell them to the people that live in your little town that you're in. I mean, there's there's so many good things that have that have come from the Internet, but that I don't think that those things are negated by the fact that there are some bad things as well. Uh, so we can't you know, the way that he the way that he worded this, you know, he was talking about the Internet like it was some violent weapon that needed to be curbed in some kind it's, of way. Yeah, you know, drug
2: but, trafficking and sex trafficking. And look, all those things happened. They all existed before the Internet, too. Yeah, and maybe the internet has made it a little bit easier for those types of things to happen. That's probably true, but at the same time, you can't you can't ignore, um, like you said, all the good things that the internet has brought us, and the 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 internet's the most free thing we have. Yeah, still to this day,
1: that's the problem. It's by far the most the freest thing,
2: and the only way that it's been able to be as prosperous as it has is because it's the most free. Yeah. And look, we're trying to solve everyone wants to solve the problem of evil, right? Like the these are evil or bad or whatever you want to say, these are bad acts, and we have this problem, and people are out there saying, Well, this is the the issue is uh evil and we have to solve it today. And the problem is that's never going to happen. No. We can't there's no utopia that exists and i'm not trying to diminish the tragedy cuz it is absolutely horrific i mean i couldn't imagine you know losing my son or losing any loved ones or or being in a situation like that i mean we live in nashville where there's a lot of music festivals there's a lot of things happening all the time it's we've had a couple mass shootings in antioch like, like literally a couple miles from your house yeah you know i can imagine being in one of those situations or or having my my kid or, or anybody that i love um in one of those situations is absolutely horrific but you're we're trying to solve the problem of malevolence and and evil people in the world and that's never going to change there's always going to be those people that have ill intentions
1: well and the the problem over that that I'm that I'm seeing here is that people are s- substituting this for for the solution you know they're saying okay well if we Uh, put harsher regulations on the internet or social media companies, things like that. Or if we put more restrictions on guns and we put more restrictions on video games, which we'll talk about later, they're all substitutions for actually attacking the real problem, which is the hatred and divisiveness. And I mean, you can go down to bad parenting, you know, Secularism, all the all the things that that are becoming a bigger portion of our society, um, you're forgetting all of those problems and thinking that you can solve them with some kind of top-down government solution. And it just really it makes you feel better. That's it. Some people it makes you you know right, um, but it's not a real solution. And so i I don't want this is a problem with uh, that kind of that libertarians have to deal with, which is that uh, we often seem like people who are not compassionate whatsoever we don't really we don't care about people we just care about ourselves and in this conversation you you could take that away if you wanted to but the actual reality is that we're trying to come up with a solution that will actually help the a real solution
2: no band-aids not
1: just some kind of new law and something in text form that says that this is bad and and you can't and you can't do it. You know that's not a solution. There's, there, the solution is not that guns exist or that eight chan exists or that Facebook exists or anything like this. The I mean the problem is not those things. And the problem is that people want to use guns in a negative way to kill people that they hate. And and we have to actually talk about that problem. It's the same thing I, I said on abortion last week. You know, the problem with abortion is not that you can go somewhere. And get an abortion. The problem is that you want to. you know. The problem is that you got into that point in your life where that was something you had to consider. That That's the actual problem. I mean, we're just talking about symptoms right now. And you can't just paper over them and act like you're doing some kind of good deed for society because you're not.
2: And most of these shooters are young men. And so you have to ask yourself, how did these young men get in this position? And we can go down a lot of different paths, but I think... I think one cultural problem that we have is we don't we don't recognize the benefits of masculinity. We try to tear masculinity down as a whole. And so the most aggressive people in society are men. The most aggressive are men. That's yeah. why most prisons are filled with men. Yeah, So if you look at uh, as a species, as a human species, the most aggressive ones are men, the most ones likely to do this type of thing. And they actually almost all have been, are all men. Now, why is that? Well, men are more aggressive by nature. We don't know why. It's just part of personality traits. And so I think in this cultural narrative where we don't teach young men or boys, let's say, how to hone in that aggression that they've biologically are, are born with through parenting or through education or through other means that they can use this aggression for a a good purpose. Um, They devolve into their hatred and whatever, whatever, you know, begs at their, at their calling, they, they hate life. And not only do they hate life, they don't think anyone should exist. And because they think that and they're aggressive, they're going to use aggressive means to take out as many people as they possibly can uh, before they take themselves out. Yeah. I and mean, most of them take themselves out or they or they purposely get shot by police.
1: And now I don't know if any of that was the case here because what I saw on CNN was that this, is, I mean, this guy's just racist. I mean, so that that's the problem, right? Right, that's, yeah. That's what has to be fixed, which does need right. to be fixed, of course, but... The reason I said that is it's a little bit of a contrast to the other mass shooting that took place, mm-hmm. uh, which not many people are talking about. Not as many people were killed, so the one where the most people were killed is getting the most media attention.
2: But you're talking about the one in Dayton, Ohio. The one
1: in Dayton, Ohio. Happened outside of a bar uh, somewhere. I believe it was crazy. The One of the people that the shooter killed, that was actually his, his sister, was among the people that he shot. Wow. And that. Crazy. Um but what people are not talking about is that that shooter is a uh, self-described leftist, you know? He'd post him blue wave on his social media accounts yeah. and uh, anti-Trump. It was the same thing we saw with that—remember that Colorado school shooting where I think, um, you know, maybe eight or nine people got shot? I think one person died, but the shooter in that—there was a— uh, it was like a trans activist, like devout yeah. leftist, and that one too. It got like three hours of media attention, I think, and then, and then that was it. The uh, the media tried to take it over, and I remember that that was the one where you saw the students and everyone were doing a walkout because they started making it political. Uh, so they all <laughs> so they all left during during the uh, the vigil they were having. But that's something no one's talking about. This this is a it's a bit of an issue with uh, with media right now because what you're going to hear is the racism and hatred and white supremacy that that happened in El Paso. Uh, and then they're just going to paper over the fact that there's hate on both sides. That's what, that's what I'm trying to get to. There's, mm-hmm. there's hate on both sides. Uh, and it's, it's dangerous on both sides. You know, we, we were going to talk a little bit about Rand Paul today. And one, uh, a common thing, uh, to mention with that is that he was in that congressional baseball field shooting where, It was a former Bernie Sanders volunteer went out there trying to kill a bunch of Republican congressmen. Right. You know? There's hatred on both sides. We're not talking about actual solutions here. We're just saying if we take away the tools that hateful people are using, then we're gonna fix the problem. That's not good. It's not a solution.
2: Right. Because like you were talking about the hatred on both sides, these people have they they develop a hatred for life and you can go back and and read a lot of all the mass shooters and what they've actually said, they become basically depressed, uh, because they feel like they can't get ahead in life. Um, or they're even more mentally disturbed than that. And they become narcissistic and nihilistic. And because of that and they're aggressive males, they use whatever action that they can to take out as many people that they can to fulfill uh, their hatred and that's that's what has to be stopped if if we can ever do it which I don't think we can but we, we can at least try to work on a real solution where we can help uh, people live the best lives that they can live so they never reach a position like that I mean I've been depressed before that's a that's a hell it's living hell you know there was a, a good two years of my life where I just didn't care you know I didn't care about making it, you know? I never got to the point of suicide, but it was like, I could have been, I could have been close. And then if you take that a step further, we, because life is full of ridiculous, hard, like so ridiculously hard and full of of suffering, as Jordan Peterson would put it, then, you know, why do you want to exist? What's the point? And so you reach that point and then you're like, well, not only is there no point for me to exist, there's no point for any human to exist because we're all just a bunch of greedy, you know, hate-filled people. Yeah. You know, take us all out.
1: Well, I think the important thing to do here is to make sure that we're talking about the real problem. And there, you know, there was an interesting conversation earlier where we were talking to someone and and I did this article Kind of taking apart all of the proposals for gun control, you can go see that at GoodMorningLiberty.us. Um, taking apart all those different proposals, and someone said, "Well, okay, well, you you can't just take away all the different proposals and not and not give some kind of solution in in its stead." And the response I had to that was that that that's not actually the case here. We have to make sure that the that the burden of proof is on the right people when we have this conversation because we all have a right to defend ourselves it's a human right it's not a right that was given to us by the government the government said the government uh, in the constitution said that they would protect your right your your right that was given to you by your creator your natural right to be able to protect yourself. They didn't give you the right. They said that you were born with it. And so they said they were gonna protect that. And now people are coming out and saying, well, well, you have to give me some kind of reason for why we shouldn't do this kind of gun control. And my response is, no, I don't have to give you some kind of reason for why we're not gonna do that. The default is that I can defend myself the burden of proof is on you to prove that this is actually a solution and that you should be able to take away my rights. I do not have to prove that I should keep that right. So that's an important thing to keep in this conversation, because we want to keep the conversation focused on the real problem, which is what Charlie was talking about with hate and the divisiveness and general nihilism towards everything. And we want to keep the 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 focus on that, and when it shifts over the gun control, the point I want to make there is that you you do not have to defend your right to be able to defend yourself. Other people need to defend their idea that they should be able to take that away from you. So that make sure that you're keeping the conversation on the right especially, on the right
2: foot, especially if you've done nothing wrong. Yeah, you know we have a thing uh, another protected thing that government's supposed to protect called due process of law. And, uh, what I want to get into is, uh, a couple of, uh, Republicans that came out about red flag laws. Um, and so this is literally a way to, uh, strip you of your due process of your innocence until proven guilty of your mm. right to own a firearm. If somebody just calls in, I guess, yeah, I mean, it's, that's essentially what it is. I have a
1: quote from Trump on the red flag laws yeah. also, if you uh, if you want to see what he had to say. Yeah,
2: let's listen to that.
0: First, we must do a better job of identifying and acting on early warning signs. I am directing the Department of Justice to work in partnership with local, state and federal agencies as well as social media companies to develop tools that can detect mass shooters before they strike. As an example, the monster in the Parkland high school in Florida had many red flags against him. And yet nobody took decisive action. Nobody did anything. Why not? Okay, So
1: that was him talking about, basically he wants to get with social media companies and develop, uh, red flags, uh, red flag potentials, uh, for them to be able to, uh, work in tandem with the government to send them i guess information on people that they think just, are red flags.
2: Just ask Tom Cruise to do it.
1: Yeah, he can do yeah. it.
2: <laughs> minority report.
1: <laughs> I just watched that the other day actually. Yeah. It was on, yeah.
2: Yeah, ask Tom Cruise to do it. He he's got it, man. <laughs> he can, he do can do it. See the future.
1: So, excluding um this idea of minority report and being able to do pre-crime, red flag laws are I mean, they're crazy against the ideas that are in the Constitution and the whole founding of the country. Oh, yeah. I mean, very much against any of those ideas because they are taking your right to defend yourself and then placing the burden of proof on you to prove why you should be able to have that right. And that is not the order on that at at all. That's
2: guilty until proven innocent. Now, I would agree that if you are guilty... Through due process of law, and you become a felon that can't own a gun, then you are stripped of that right for the rest of your life, especially if you're in a violent crime or anything like that. We can talk about the schematics of if you pay your time, do you get that right back? Yeah. I'm not against that, depending on what the crime is. Um, But if you are, through due process of law, if you're found guilty, then yes, your right can be taken away. A lot of your rights can be taken away. That's what the entire fifth amendment is about and so when you talk about these red flag laws people like lindsey graham and uh what's that other guy's name uh dan or oh crenshaw crenshaw yeah dan crenshaw a a former veteran or he is a veteran a, a former uh military it's like you have republicans coming out saying uh We don't. In in fact, Lindsey Graham said, with all due respect to uh, due process, is like you're not respecting due process at all. There is no due process. Essentially, you know, Facebook can come up with algorithms and determine somehow through arbitrary algorithms that you are a red flag. um, And like, who decides those rules?
1: Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. What creates the red flag? Because right now, Republicans are talking about this and they're thinking. As always is the case in every situation, well, my guy's in power right now, so my guy's going to make the, re- the responsible decisions, and we're going to make sure that we're keeping dangerous people away. Who decides what a red flag is going to be? Maybe, maybe you posted something that was uh, as sympathetic to white supremacists, or heck, maybe you shared one too many Ben Shapiro videos. You know, where does the line get drawn on the red flag?
2: Maybe you're on the Southern Poverty Law Center yeah, list.
1: Maybe you're on that list. Maybe you're in a libertarian organization or an, an anarcho-capitalist organization, and you get you get um, flagged on there. I mean, you don't know who's going to be making these rules. Maybe you're a Republican right now, and you think that you know that, but you don't, because you don't know, whether first off, whether or not Trump's even going to win election, re-election next year. You don't know who, to, who the president's going to be 10 years from now at all. So by, on principle, you, you cannot, on principle, you cannot be OK with the government having these red flag laws and being able to decide what, what criteria they can set forward to take people's guns away and then force them to prove that they should be able to have those guns back, because you never know when that's going to be uh, you know, constant Fox News Watcher. Or something like that. You don't know. I know that sounds crazy, but it really isn't.
2: It's not crazy because if you've never looked into history before, you should look into history now because government lists are never a good thing. No, you know, we're talking about a couple of things we're talking about just for historical references. Uh, we're talking about taking away everyone's guns and building walls. Yeah. Now <laughs> you don't need to go too far in history to figure out and putting people on lists and putting people on lists. You don't need to go too far in history to figure out what can happen from that. Now, not saying that that's what our current politicians intentions are, but you know what? Like there's always a Stalin waiting in the wings always (laughs) that will use all this power to their benefit. And so the thing about it is you can't cede the power. You can never cede the power to government because they'll never give it back. And somebody later on down the line will use that power to their advantage for evil, tyrannical purposes. Now I have a hard line drawn in the sand on this issue. And I'm just going to throw this out there for everyone. Now, unfortunately, I did lose all my guns and uh, I was in a deep sea fishing. uh, I was on a deep sea fishing excursion and we were shooting a wild boar shark with my AR-15. And uh, unfortunately, like, I think it was a blue whale or something hit the boat and knocked all of them overboard. It was pretty crazy. I hate it again? Yes. Dang it. I just got new ones. <laughs> um, but if I had them, I'm yep. going to tell you something. I'll never turn them in. It's that'll never happen if I get new ones. Yeah. <laughs> if you, yeah. So if you, you can come knocking on my door. Yeah. But uh I'm I'll uh, this one thing I'll never give up uh, ever because I know what happens after you give up guns. It's, it doesn't take long. And I would much rather you know, die defending my right to, to protect myself than I would, uh, ending up in a, in a prison camp. Yeah. It's, it's, it's way worse.
1: And I don't, I don't think we'll ever come to the gun confiscation part of it because I think they know that that's just an insane thing that could they never tried happen. In Chicago. Yeah. I, I think maybe on local levels that local levels could try it. Yeah, for sure. The obviously isn't working out well in Chicago for them. The, uh, People left with the guns are the criminals, and we we see how that's going. But uh, I I don't think they'll try that. But I'll get in that line with the sand in the sand with you right there. If if in fact both of us do repurchase our firearms because mine uh, unfortunately was it was similar. But I was I was on a, a, a bass fishing expedition. Oh, okay. Um, on a like a tournament on Percy Priest Lake. Yeah, we were in a tournament. Okay. Um, and we were we were fishing, and I brought my guns with me on the boat just because I was worried they were going to get stolen. And what happened was uh, I was, you know, just going for one of those long, just amazing casts, like picture perfect. Just so, so good. And the boat flipped over. And all of my guns went down to the bottom of the lake. Wow! So they're and gone. You
2: sent a diving team down there, but they couldn't find could them. Could not.
1: They drug the lake. Everything they could not. They could not find my was weapons. Was the lake sick? Yeah, they did. So they
2: need the drug. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. They uh, so they searched <laughs> for a while. So unfortunately, if you're listening, I don't have any guns that can be confiscated either. They were lost in a tragic bat, bass fishing accident. That's very yeah.
2: similar. Mine's in the ocean. That's yeah, mine's really
1: my. You know, I'm right next to the Percy Priest. So right. it was just. The first body of water that I could go to we for were fish.
2: Deep sea fishing too. Yeah, so it's like they're way down. That's there.
1: gonna be hard to find. Yeah, you're gonna have to get like James Cameron to go look for that. I thing. know something like I that. Need a,
2: I need one of those submarines. Yeah, you know.
1: But um, I, I wanted to play because let's see, we went through we went through the red flag kind of. We can keep going on that. We've got the dangerous internet, the dark corners Ooh. of the internet. Um, But then we've also got a little bit of a talk going about they're they're kind of revamping the old video game conversation, the dangerous, violent video game conversation. So um, I'm gonna maybe play a little bit of what Trump had to say about that.
0: Second, we must stop the glorification of violence in our society. This includes the gruesome and grisly video games that are now commonplace. It is too easy today for troubled youth (laughs) to surround themselves with a culture that celebrates violence. We must stop or substantially reduce this, and it has to begin immediately. Cultural change is hard, but each of us can choose to build a culture that celebrates the inherent worth and dignity of every human life. That's what we have to do.
2: Okay. <laughs> I can't get past his, now, his breathing end still.
1: Now, one thing I noticed in there, that very last part kind of dug at me a little bit because he talked about how uh, the government needed to make some new regulations and restrictions on video games, and then immediately um, proceeded to go into how changing a culture was hard and that each of us could make the decision to change it if we, if we wanted to, basically,
2: well, that's the real answer.
1: That's the actual answer. And I just wanted to point out that the government creating a new law and restricting something against your will is not each of us deciding to change the
2: culture on our own. Those two and, are opposite. Yeah, those are
1: exact polar opposites of each
2: other. Well
1: but, what, do
2: you, I, what do you think about video games? I've played a lot of violent video games.
1: I have too. Yeah, I... um. You know, it used to play Call of Duty a lot. I was Halo. really Yeah, Halo was the main one I was into. And then, you know, maybe some some more I don't remember any more violent ones even you know, though I played. I you was gonna remember? say Gold, yeah. Golden Goldeneye on N sixty four, but um you know,
2: I, I don't feel like I mean Mario Kart's a contact video game. It you is. Know? You throw shells at people. I and will stuff. tell
1: you, I have purposefully thrown banana peel thrown banana peels out yeah. my window before in yeah. a, a direct attempt to get someone to All slip All because on
2: you played Mario Kart.
1: That's why I did it. Absolutely. <laughs> but I don't think... You know, I'll agree. Uh, video games that are really violent are probably a not a good idea for a young developing mind. If I were a parent, I would have an issue with my child playing really gory, violent video games. Right. So, especially... Being you know, rewarded, and I, I do think that there is a difference. Like I I think there's a difference in a game like Call of Duty, where maybe you're celebrating, uh, you know, the military and and maybe doing something for a just cause. Or you're playing Medal of Honor, and you're fight you're doing D Day and things like that.
2: Well, like C- Grand Theft Auto. That's what
1: I'm saying. There's a difference in like Medal of Honor, where you're redoing D Day over and over again to try and get it right. Versus a game that purely, you know, you win based on the the worst person that you can possibly be, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that those are... I do see that something like Grand Theft Auto is a lot worse than a military video
2: game. But I think you said something key there, that you, as a parent, you would have a problem with your, with your child yeah. doing that. And I think that's the most important thing, is we, as a culture... Um, we have this in entitled child syndrome where we give our kids whatever they want. We don't really discipline them. And we now we're left with this question of, well, my kid can do no wrong and they're allowed to have whatever they want. Um, why is this happening? Well, I think that's the biggest cultural problem. The other one, I think that kind of ties in with this a little bit is, you know, you look back in the day where everybody had guns still and there weren't mass shootings like this. And you ask yourself, well, why is that? A lot of these kids, because of the way that they grow up, they don't have any meaning or purpose in their life that they can pursue. Yeah. And so what are they left with? Well, they're left with their violent, fun video games that they want to turn into reality. Yeah. Because there's there's no moral, there's no high, there's no goal for them to go after. You know, back in the day, let's say in the, like in the fifties, when they talk about making America great again, I guess I think about, you know, the fifties and the sixties with, with hardworking people, um, that worked, you know, lots of hours and raised a family and, and did all the things that you were supposed to do, I guess. Um, when you look back then, it's like, you know, as a man or even as a woman, you had a purpose in life to, to build your family and, and make a good family and, and have a good job and, Contribute to society. Like there was a, there was a moral aim for you and your community and your family. And today we have, like I said, an entitled kids, kid kid syndrome. I mean, you're like your mom's seen it firsthand for yeah. sure. Yeah. Where these, we have these parents that their kids can never do any wrong. They don't ever get disciplined. They can do whatever they Are want. Are you talking about me? They get, <laughs> well, <laughs> your mom's seen it from other. Yeah. Not you. You were definitely disciplined, I think. She's a teacher for other, yeah. other people. How many times do <laughs> you get in trouble for like putting your cat on the ceiling fan? <laughs> I can't believe she thought I did that. I would have no. never done that. Yeah. I think you still got in trouble for it. I did, yeah. yeah. My cat was scared to walk
1: under the ceiling fan, and my mom swore you that it was because time. I did something with the ceiling fan. I'm like, no, the cat's just crazy. Right. Like, there's a big, large spinning object above its head that's exactly the opposite of what cats like. Right. You know, they they don't like that. They like to be safe. And there's nothing safe about a giant fan spinning above your head. They know better than we do on
2: that, I right. guess.
1: You know, they're just common sense.
2: I think all these things play into each other, though. You have a, a, a generation of children devolving into nihilism with no moral aim throughout their lives. They can't do anything wrong. And then they're they're engrossed in violent video games that only enhance their... Their uh, aggressive desires to cause as much carnage as they possibly can, and then we end up with what we have, you know. And you, I mean, bullying's a part of it, or whatever. Like, you know, <clears throat> these kids live. What do you? I mean, they live. It's not like they live bad lives, yeah. But they're wondering, like, what am I here for? Well, I think what's the purpose of my existence?
1: That's kind of a new thing that people in general are dealing with because. You know, you go back to 100 years ago, and there wasn't an issue of a kid sitting around trying to figure out what they were going to do with their lives. Or like you look maybe 150 years ago, and you think, well, you know what you were going to do with your life. You're going to try gonna, to survive. You're going to try to not die. Right. Like that. That's what you're going to try to do. You're going to try to make sure that your family had food and that you had everything that you needed for your family to just keep surviving for the sake of the your community and your family. And now we have all of these these base items just kind of taken care of. And I think maybe people in general are dealing with something they've never dealt with throughout history before, which is trying to figure out, okay, well, you know, I've got food and water and shelter and all of these things. Like what the heck am I supposed to do now? Because up until like a hundred years ago, that's all I was supposed to care about.
2: I can tell you when I was eighteen there was anxiety there was some anxiety there of like, what do I do after high school? What am I supposed to do? Am I gonna do the right thing? I have all these options now. And it's like sometimes that can cause anxiety. Like, what's the purpose of my life? What am I supposed to be doing? Nobody nobody told me. How do I find that?
1: I think Because I don't want it to be misunderstood that, okay, you don't have this, so therefore you play violent video games and you become a violent person. I I don't think that that's the case, but I do think that we're missing the part where the the parents raise their children. And I think this has become somewhat of a laziness standard when it comes to parents where they assume – that if something is there then it must be okay for their children where they're not making decisions anymore they expect that the government's going to keep dangerous things away or they they expect that you know uh all your friends your friends parents are going to keep dangerous things away well the government needs to make re- uh restrictions on video games and if and if it says that it's okay for my child who's 13 to play then it must be okay for them to play and all these kinds of things where you're removing all of the responsibility from parents and right. putting it on the government. And that's never a good idea because the government has really never done anything right other than killing people. Like, that's really all the government does right. Um, they, and they've even, you know, they've slacked off on that sometimes. Well, they, so, yeah, they
2: don't even do that right. Yeah.
1: They, it, as in, like, successfully, they are able to wage warfare uh when they when they really put right. their heads
2: to it, we're pretty America's pretty good at that
1: yeah, so they they can do that, but we have not seen the government um properly raise a child yet uh so we I think we've kind of taken the responsibility away from the parents and 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 just given it to the government, and now we're thinking, okay, well, they need to be regulating the video games. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think they do need to be regulating the video games. I think parents need to be raising their kids. I think that's what needs to be happening. You think, you know, it's the same thing we see in the public school system. A lot of kids, a lot of kids that are coming out of school simply can't even read, you know, like a very low percentage. It's It's like a
2: fourth grade reading level.
1: Yeah. You know, especially in a lot of inner city schools or, you know, schools that are kind of, uh, out in the middle of nowhere, uh. A lot of these kids are just getting passed through and passed through and they never actually learn how to read. And, and what's also happening is the parents are not taking any responsibility in that at all. Now, it is obviously the school is supposed to be uh, helping you to learn those things, but you're also getting homework and you're supposed to do that. And the parents are not helping with that whatsoever. And I can tell you uh, just from my own family's uh, my own family's experiences that... There are a lot of parents who just simply do not care, and they've placed all the responsibility on the government to raise their kid and make sure that their kid comes out okay. And whatever happens, happens, and and they've just got no blame in it whatsoever. And
2: but if like if a teacher does care, then the parent will come and and raise Cain at the school. Yeah, and yeah. Say, then, like, well, my kid. This is my kid. <laughs> they don't do anything wrong. Yeah, You're, yeah. My it's kid a, can't get in trouble.
1: The, it's a weird thing we have right now, where like kids are. Running the household almost mm-hmm. just like whatever they want and whatever they say. If they come home and said to the teacher, "Did this?" Well, then it must be true because right. my ten-year-old would never lie. It must be this must be true, and it's completely insane. You right. know, we had this last week that Mario Lopez got in trouble because he said that three-year-olds shouldn't be able to choose their gender. He actually got five people got mad at him for that. He he had to apologize for saying. That it was ridiculous to think that the three-year-old couldn't pick what gender they were, and that's insane. And that's a you know, that's part of the a whole other mentality that we'll have to get to. But that's part of this whole the child is always right thing. My
2: son's almost three. Yeah, so I guess I should start asking him pretty soon. I
1: guess so. He's gonna say he's a big truck. Right. That's what he's going to say when you ask him. Are he you a boy? He can't even really tell
2: me his age yet. Yeah. Like every now and then he'll be like two.
1: Are you a boy or a girl? Big truck. Yeah. You know, I would have told my mom I was Batman. Yeah. You know, the, they have no
2: freaking clue. Can't believe you're watching Violent Batman. I now. know. Violent. <laughs> At a young age, Violent Nate. Batman. <laughs>
1: yes. But we're we're dealing with a pretty big issue here, and I, a lot of it comes down to the to the families. and. You know, churches have been saying this for a long time. People on the right have been saying this for a long time, but these families falling apart, and then we're just leaving all of, all of the blame, all of the responsibility on the government, and that's, a, that's not a very safe course.
2: I think one question, you know, a lot of people have is, like, what can you do about this? And I think what we're getting at here is that you have a responsibility uh, for your life and for your family's life. So, you know, especially, I would say, especially men listening to this show, like you have a duty uh to your family especially if you have boys uh, because what we're seeing is is aggressive boys I'm not I'm not saying that there aren't aggressive women there are some but it's mostly boys that I'm talking about here and see we can do this on both sides like yeah. men have a problem right now that they have to deal with and so if you are a, a father you need to be involved in your son's life you need to know what he's doing uh what games he's playing, what his thoughts are, you need to have conversations with them. You need to see what his aggression is and you need to teach him how to hone that aggression for good and not for not for evil things. And you need to be, to be checking on them. Uh mothers the same thing if you have boys. It's 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 really the, it's the responsibility of you out there and you're saying, "Well, what impact can I have?" Well, the impact that you shouldn't have is being is to call your representatives and saying, "We need laws." The impact you should be taking on as a responsibility for yourself and for your family and making sure that your sons are raised properly and that they don't, um, feed into the, the violent, um, aggressive nature and and want to cause carnage with that. You know, if, if you have, it's, it's possible, let's say if you have you know, a really aggressive male that wants to, that wants to cause carnage. Like the military is probably a really good place for them to be, Mm -hmm. you know? And so you can encourage that or whatever, you know, there's ways that, that men can deal with their aggressive nature in a positive light, you know? And so that's what I would say should be, you know, if you're asking the question, what can we do about this? I would say that's, that's your duty right there. It's a, it's a local thing. It's so local. It's family. That's what it is.
1: And the other thing, what could you do right now if you think that we are living in a very violent society? Well, I do think some, you know, the political rhetoric is very divisive right now. It's very much making everyone hate the other side all, all the time. I think we see a lot of things like this. Um, but let's say, Charlie, you're going to go to Walmart later today. What can you do to help the situation?
2: Well, I'm going to protect myself. Exactly. Yeah.
1: I was very surprised that there, so all in all, there had to be 46 people shot in El Paso. Um, And I was very surprised that there wasn't a story of some gun owner trying to take this person out yeah. in, in
2: Walmart. I did see a story about one former, uh, or actually I think he's in the army. He was a gun owner that, that helped um, some kids escape Maybe that was in Dayton. I don't remember. He never saw the the perpetrator, but yeah. he did pull his gun and, and, you know, make sure other people were <clears> safe.
1: So the only thing that you can do here, listen, an armed society is a polite society. And that's the immediate response right now. That's the actual today's response right now. That's, that's really all that can be done. Yeah. If you don't um, know how
2: to use a tool called a gun, you should learn.
1: Yeah. Because the bad people know how to use if, them.
2: If you're comfortable with it. Yeah. There are people that aren't comfortable.
1: Yeah, if you if you think because when you use a gun, you have to be very mindful. Obviously, I'm not speaking from experience here, but if you were going to try to take out some kind of active shooter in a crowded place, a lot of times what happens is people forget to think about the people that are behind that person. You know, if you're going to shoot at this at this guy and try to take him down, well what happens if you miss and it hits someone. What happens if the bullet goes through and hits someone behind them? so
2: I use hollow points. Not only that, but you have to be okay with potentially killing someone. If you're going to protect yourself, you have to be okay with the fact that you might actually have to kill someone to protect yourself or your family. Yeah. And so you do have to have a level of comfort to even learn, to even try to learn how to use a gun. But it, it is a tool that people potentially might use against you. And your best bet is to probably learn what that tool does and how best to use it. Because if you're ever in a situation like that, you're going to want to have some type of training. And I think, you know, they talk about government mandating training and stuff like that. Like, again, the responsibility is on you. The tool exists. And if it exists, then it's on you to learn how to use one and to train yourself for situations like this. As long as you don't lose them in in a tragic accident like Nate and I have, Yeah, then you should have one if you're comfortable enough and learn how to use it.
1: Well, and I've always, you know, back when I used to have a gun, when I would go places and I would carry it, you know, I understand that not everyone can, not everyone can do that. And not everyone wants to accept that responsibility. But what I would do, say I went to a restaurant, I knew what, like if you're a gun owner and you're carrying a gun somewhere, trust me, you've, You've checked all the different points of entry. you checked where people are going to come in and start doing it. You, you're thinking while that while you've got that gun. You're I const- do
2: not sit with my back to the front entrance of a door. Yeah,
1: never. I never sit
2: with my yeah. back to Unless the entrance. Unless I'm with you, then we yeah, have to. Yeah, we have to go back and forth.
1: <laughs> Depends on which one of us is carrying right, at that time most right. of the time. But so what I'll do, like when I go somewhere, is I take the responsibility. I say, hey— I'm here. Some of these people might hate me because I have a gun with me right now, but I'm gonna pre- I'm here and I'm going to protect these people while I'm here. If something bad happens, it's on me and I'm going to take this responsibility and I'm going to be the one that acts when when someone comes in. And so it doesn't really take 300 million people carrying a gun to stop this problem. Really, it takes all the gun owners or people who have their carry permits or whatever it is to carry and accept that responsibility when, when they're in public as often as possible. And you, you really would alleviate a lot of these situations because if, if it were a well-known fact, if it were just a, just an obvious fact that when you started shooting in a public place, that you immediately get shot by a gun owner at that point in time, like that always happens years and years in a row. Every single time someone tries to have some kind of a carry out, some kind of mass shooting, they get immediately taken out by a, by a concealed carry person. Trust me, this whole idea of going in the public and killing people is going to be a, a lot less, uh, you know, just a, a lot less big of a thing on people's mind because they're like, okay, well, well, I'm going to get a couple rounds off. And then that dude right there wearing the MAGA hat's going to take me out. So, you know, I, I, maybe that's just not a good idea anymore. And then people resort to what they have in other countries, which is using vehicles, using knives, using all kinds of stuff uh, to carry out whatever they want to do. But we're just talking about something you could actually do right now, what I can do today to help this. And that's that's what it is. I have a gun in my backpack. If I go in the Walmart today, it's going to go into my cargo pants pocket because I still wear cargo shorts, ladies. <laughs> That's right. Um he's married though. Yeah, I'm married. Sorry, it's just a just a just a joke. But uh I do I do specifically I will wear Stop the emails. I will wear my uh, I will wear my cargo shorts because you can put the gun in the pocket really easily. I'll wear my big coat in the winter because you can easily put the gun in the inside pocket and uh, things like that. So anyway, all the responsible gun owners out there it takes Take some of the responsibility. Go out there and help.
2: I don't want to get into too much of a conspiracy theory here. All right. But you talked about El Paso, and it's an open carry state. I mean, there are a lot of people in Texas who do carry guns. But I did read some reports that um, eyewitnesses were saying that it wasn't a single shooter. It was like four different shooters, and they were dressed in black. And then I saw a picture where he was wearing cargo sh- You know, cargo khaki pants as he came into Walmart, and then there was another picture of him getting arrested. And it was like there were no pockets on his pants. Yeah. Now that seems a little weird, but I'm wondering. It it, it, it's always good to question things, and I'm not trying to Alex Jones anybody out there, but I would say it does seem kind of weird that in El Paso, where a lot of people do carry that, he was able. To kill yeah. that many people without meeting any type of resistance. Well I think the biggest it seems strange. I
1: think the biggest thing with banning a website like 8chan is where's the government gonna upload their white supremacist manifestos as soon as a <laughs> mass shooting happens. <laughs> right. You know? So
0: <laughs> They would have trouble with that. <laughs> yeah,
1: how are they gonna upload stuff written in other people's names immediately? You know, that's that's really gonna shut them down. Not to mail things into the newspaper like the yeah. old days.
2: And then did you see the picture of the Dayton shooter and the and the El Paso shooter? Uh uh-uh. uh. They look like brothers. Really? <laughs> like they look very similar. Same glasses, everything. It's kinda kinda creepy.
1: Well, it's I I don't know. It's difficult to go down the, the conspiracy theorist routes, but it is, like you said, it's good to always question, you know? Right. Probably it's more so what the media story is, but also uh, I think it's good to always keep an open mind and accept that what you're hearing is not always the truth right. uh, all the time. There's but,
2: always possibilities. Yeah. Like, this world is full of many possibilities. And it's
1: filled with a lot of bad people right. that want bad things all the time, so you never know. Like, what the... I, bet,
2: I bet during, you know, the Nazi reign, no one thought, like, six million Jews were going to be, were going to uh-uh. be gassed. Well, you know... Um, you never thought, like, oh, that's a possibility. No, they...
1: They just thought that they were all just being, you know, taken out of country and things like that. They they didn't know what was, right. what was really going on. Uh, one thing I was thinking about yesterday was, you know, this Las Vegas shooting where hundreds of people died. Yeah,
2: whatever happened with we that? We
1: still haven't. I mean, they never found out why the guy did it, you know, and I'm not saying he's a patsy or anything like that. But who is this guy? And why did he kill hundreds of people?
2: Yeah. I mean, his brother said that he was a normal dude. It's, like...
1: it, it's pretty crazy. And maybe he had, he had some kind of mental problems that just no one knew about, and he wasn't going to talk about it. But yeah. um, speaking of mental problems, let's listen to this one more quote from Trump.
0: All right. Third, we must reform our mental health laws to better identify mentally disturbed individuals. Who may commit acts of violence and make sure those people not only get treatment, but when necessary, involuntary confinement. Mental illness and hatred pulls the trigger, not the gun. Fourth,
1: well, that last quote was good. I thought he said, Mental illness and hatred pull the trigger, not the gun. True true, true kind yeah, I mean well the person extent, still yeah. does it those those ideas can't really pull the trigger but um a couple things in there really bother me he once again I think this is a another red flag law proposal basically um so he's drumming up the talk about mental illness and trying to identify people who have some kind of issues um he then went on to say that some of these people uh when necessary could be involuntarily uh restrained or confined um kind of kind of not good but i do think we have to talk about the fact that there there's a big there's some mental problems going on in the country i would even say like just with depression there's i think a massive issue with that right now um i think people are more alone than they've ever been you keep seeing stats all the time about you know the more the more social media connected we become the more alone people are feeling all the time, uh, which is an interested interesting conversation all on its own. But uh the the idea that uh maybe you're depressed or something and, and you could be some kind of red flag is a little scary because then who gets to decide when to throw that flag? Like the these the doctors, therapists?
2: And 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 involuntary incarcerated, is yeah what you said too or involuntary confined.
1: Yeah. So who gets to draw those lines? Uh, I don't know who's going to... That's another danger because maybe it starts with just a little bit, but it always grows into a monster that you can't control later, just like everything else that the federal government does. But this this idea that you could be depressed or maybe, I don't know, have contemplated suicide, things like that, and have these red flag, red flag laws pop up and, and be able to take your guns away from you and you have to prove that you can get them back. Or maybe you have to register on some kind of depressed person's list for when you go to, to get a gun, you know, it might
2: just be almost everyone. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It could be a lot of people, but the, the danger with that that I see is we want people to be more open about their mental illnesses and problems that people are going through. Um, A lot of people talk about this stigma behind mental illness And I think one of the worst things you can do if you want people to talk about this is create a potential punishment for people who have talked about these problems. Right. Because then obviously you're just not going to talk about it. If you're worried, oh, if I mention that I'm depressed, then I'm going to go on a list and the government's just going to take my guns away. Well, then I'm just not going to go talk to a doctor about being depressed. Right. And then what problem are you creating then? You're making the problem worse. Yeah. So that that's a big one. And then why are so many people so alone right now? When we've when literally I could I could text you, call you, Facetime you, post on your post on your Instagram or your Facebook or tweet you, do anything like that. Yet people feel they're saying more alone than than they ever have been.
2: Well, I think human connection and interaction is needed. You know, like you know the the studies are clear on children, for instance, like an infant. If you don't um, you know, hold an infant, it can die. You know, that's a, that's a deep biological thing that we have. We want to be socially connected to people on a deeper level. Um, and that's why relationships are so important. And I think, uh, people that are alone that spend all their time in their mother's basement, let's say, um, you know, playing video games by themselves, let's say, I'm just kind of creating a scenario here. Um, that become nihilistic and maybe they're a little bit psychopathic to begin with. And so now you've, you've introduced, you know, this, this uh, behemoth of nihilism and they're a little bit psychopathic to begin with and they're alone and nobody to care for them that they don't feel like. Um, And that's kind of the, the culture that's happening right now. It's, it's these, um, it's these basically a a alone, Loners, I would say, if you look at the history of of people that have done mass shootings, um, where they don't feel like there's any purpose or meaning to their life and they're alone, so no one cares about them. So what's it going to matter anyway? Yeah, I that's what they feel like. What's it? What's this going to matter in a thousand years?
1: I like to put myself in the position, like before social media and the internet and all that, I think about like what a friendship is right now or like think about your friends list and think people that you consider yourself to be friends with right now and a hundred years ago how your friendship would have been at that point in time what kind of things would you have had to do uh, to consider yourself friends with someone at that point in time and what you would have had to do is call them on the phone maybe Uh, maybe spend time writing them a letter. You probably have to go see them in person more often. dinner. You'd have to go have dinner with them. You'd have to talk and be in a room with people and actually look at people and say words to them, which is terrifying. But you'd have to do all of those. And maybe it
2: took you, maybe it was, you know, 15, 20 mile horseback ride. Yeah. So you probably stayed the night. Yeah.
1: I know you had to pack enough food. Right. So, and now like your friendship could be someone that you haven't seen in ten years,
2: you don't even have to be a real person. You
1: know, doesn't even have to be real. You can catfish. Yeah, it's just a photo that you've seen online. That's it. Yeah. And so now, like, that's a connection that a human being has with someone that they've never seen, they've never have any kind of contact with, they haven't actually, they haven't actually been in a room with ever, or maybe in a really long time, and that's still considered a friend now nowadays. Whereas before, that would have been either considered someone that you don't know or someone who doesn't exist or someone that you used to know. If you wanted to have friends, you'd have to actually go out and physically act and and see those people. So, and I
2: would say back then too, I mean, family was a huge thing. Yeah. It's not as, I don't feel it's as, as a, I don't know, a a staple, I would say, in American society where families are uh, together or families are held as a high regard. I mean, you see a lot of statistics, uh, with the rising divorce rate and fathers not being a part of their kids lives and, and, you know, single mothers, all of this stuff. And you have some single fathers too, but the family unit is not what it once was yeah, at all. And so if you didn't have any friends, at least you had your family. Uh, there, I was listening to uh, Jordan Peterson's uh, one of his lectures he gave, and he was answering some questions. And this girl, uh, this girl uh, asked him a question and said, "I'm 25. I'm really successful in business, but my parents are dead, and I don't have any siblings. Uh, what would you suggest for my life?" And he's like, "God, you got a rough life." But yeah. you know? she
1: was like, "Why am I so? You know, I'm I'm really." you know, successful at my job and everything, but I feel so lonely. And it's like, well, you just answered why Like, you don't have anything. Your job is like one of seven things that you need. Right. You know, just one thing. It can't truly fulfill you. You've got to have contact with other people at some point in time.
2: And the the first thing you said is like, you need an intimate relationship. You need human connection um, or you're going to feel lonely because, you know, I mean, that's, and he and he also talked about how people come to him and say that they're depressed and he's like, No, you just have a really bad life, you know, yeah. like, oh, you know, my my husband's an alcoholic brute and my son has cancer and my mother has Alzheimer's and my dad's dead and my brother's got bowel cancer. It's like what like you don't you don't you're not depressed, like you just have a you really have a terrible situation. Terrible life, you yeah. know? And he's like, if you come to me and say you know, my, my son's a straight A student and he's captain of the football team. And my, my wife works 60 hours a week and still makes dinner every night and takes care of everything. And, and I've got a great job and, uh, I just don't care about life. You know, like that's yeah. depression, yeah. you know, when things are going decent in life and you still, for some reason, can't find any, any, uh, solace in that, but I think it's really important. What he said to this girl is that the first thing she needs to do is find an intimate relationship. I mean, she's 25 and he's, he's like, and if you don't know how to do that, he was like, go online, make a profile. yeah, And he's like, say exactly <clears throat> what you want. Like say exactly what you're looking for. And, and then maybe have a couple of kids, you know? And that's the thing too, like that people don't, um, let's say hold as high regard or they don't think it's a um, a, a high moral aim as much as they used to, right? Like, um, and I'm not saying that kids are end all be all. I know there's definitely people out there that that say that do not want kids, and that's perfectly okay. But um, when you get older, and Jordan Peterson was talking about this, he was like, once you've achieved everything you you've been able to achieve in life, who's going to be around to care for you? And he was talking about his grandkids and how like as he gets older and he's had a great career and he's had a wonderful wife and you know, wonderful kids. And now like he spends his time, um, you know, doing what he's doing, but then also, um, spending time with his grandkids. And like when you're 70 or 80 or whatever, you want to be surrounded by family and friends, like that human connections really, really important.
1: Well, one thing that we, uh, I've heard him talk about before too, is that as, uh, it might've been in the same talk, but, as humans we're different from a lot of animals where we're not only uh, living in the now but we're constantly contemplating and dealing with the future all the time and so if you're if you know you're heading towards a future where uh, everybody you die <laughs> everybody's dead you're gonna die um, you're gonna see pain in everyone that you love at some point in time uh, when you're dying no one's gonna be there for you. Um, you you have all these things to deal with all the time and yeah you'll end up you end up feeling lonely and depressed, and so I think that's why we we keep getting worse as as far as this goes. Uh, the more uh, you know, quote connected, unquote, we get. Um, I, I think that's why we keep getting worse all the time. And this is just one of like a hundred different societal problems that we have to talk about. It's not it's not the only one, but when we talk about this gun problem. It's, it's not a gun problem. It's a societal problem, you know, and the government is not the person that's going to fix that at at all.
2: And it's the main reason why we call this podcast Life, Liberty, and Pursuit of Meaning, because without meaning in your life, uh, well, one, life and your liberty, does not they don't mean anything. Like, literally. Like, without meaning, they don't mean anything. That's as literal as you can possibly get. Yeah. And so that's why it's so important, you know, without meaning and responsibility— what what rights matter they don't you know you have to have a a reason to want to protect those rights because you have a, a purpose and a meaning for your life that you can pursue and you have to be able to pursue those you know un un, un unimpeded and you can't do that without your rights yeah and so that's why everything we talk about on the show is is so important because Finding that meaning, and that purpose for your life and what you want to do with it, and then being able to have your rights to where you're unimpeded to accomplish the the highest goals that you possibly can, which ultimately makes yourself better and makes society better. That's how we really win this game, if you want to call it. You know, that's how that's how you win at life is being the very best version of yourself by pursuing something higher than yourself and transcending, um, you know. The, the hard parts of life and not only making yourself better, but you make everyone else around you better. And what will that do in a thousand years? Well, if everybody did that, we'd have the greatest society you could ever imagine.
1: Yeah. We, we have to stop looking for this collectivist solution to this, this top down government solution to this, because that's not where it starts Starts in the grassroots it starts at your house. That's where it starts. And then it starts at your parents' house and you start, then it goes, it's at your brother's house and that's, that's where the solutions start. So, I'd ask you, Charlie, like what what government law would you propose right now to fix this? None. None. None would nope. be the answer. Nope. I yeah. would
2: actually strengthen the Second Amendment, and that's somehow
1: and that's because you don't care about people who die in mass no. shootings.
2: No, I absolutely do care. I care the most. Yeah. And it, I think that that people. Need to adopt responsibility in their lives and they need to secure their right to protect themselves and their family.
1: I could not agree anymore. So, yeah, like
2: I, the perfect example is France. You know, when they, when that shooting happened at that uh, concert, like Ghost on Fire or something yeah. like that, mm-hmm. um, where they came in and they mowed down like 157 people. Yeah. Um, that's because guns are banned in France. And so there's literally everyone was trapped in this theater yeah with no means of protecting themselves and people came in uh, three or four shooters and they were all just sitting ducks yeah yeah just uh, like 157 people
1: just like that uh, the Orlando it, it, nightclub shooting i mean they just right. and uh, what was that the cops sat outside i mean no 50 what something? is that thing i don't, I don't know, what know that is Some, the, somebody's here you know the uh, yeah i guess so the um you know the the cops and it's no offense to police whatsoever, but they sat outside while the guy was picking people off for over an hour.
2: Fifty like something people.
1: Yeah, I mean, just like while the cops were there, and so
2: you can't. Now uh, in Dayton, I'll say they they killed the guy within thirty seconds of the first shot. Yeah. By the way, he could have killed a lot more. What he killed nine, nine. Yeah. Yeah, could have killed a lot more, and within thirty seconds, the police killed that guy. Yeah, That's,
1: yeah. No, it's no knock on police whatsoever, but the the thing is, you can. You know, maybe that was different because that was a a bar or a nightclub and there was security there. There were downtown and there were – and it was nighttime and there were police officers nearby somewhere. So it's a little bit different. But the, the idea is that you can't just depend on – even when we're talking about there can't be any government solutions, well, police officers are – just another arm of the government and they're not even the solution all the time. So not,
2: the Supreme court has ruled they're not obligated to protect you. Yeah,
1: They're not, they're not, <laughs> they're not obligated whatsoever. They can sit outside the building while, while people are getting picked off.
2: The school shooting in Florida in yeah. Parkland.
1: There was a Same armed security happened. person there. No, there was a cop. a cop there too. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So the, they don't even take care of the situation all the time. And so that's why we'll say, well, the only answer here is that, you take responsibility for yourself because a lot of times, guys, police officers are there to take a report of what happened. You know, they're there. They're there to take witness testimonies, and th- and that, and then maybe detectives deal with it later on, trying to find the person. But in the actual situation, they rarely, rarely are going to be there in time to, to stop a to crime, to stop anything. I mean, Charlie and I we told the story last last week. We. Uh a guy said basically he was gonna pull a gun on us, went to his truck, getting behind the seat of his truck, which if you're from a small town in southern Illinois, like we are, that meant he was getting the shotgun for sure, so he went to get in the back of you know behind the seat in his truck. you left me I left I got out of <laughs> there i I did a calculation that looked you had like a car full of girls you i had a, i had the I had the women I had to get them out of safety, plus I was there, yeah, so and you were also like right next to the steps of our apartment. And my assumption was that you'd be able to get in.
2: I think I took one step up the you whole could, steps. You could, yeah. <laughs> the whole yeah. thing
1: you jumped Yeah, straight up. And then you couldn't get in the apartment. Could, it was locked and I didn't have a key. <laughs> so moral of the story is there, we called the cops and said, Hey, there's a dude said he's pulling a gun on us and trying to kill us. Took him 45 minutes to get there. And he ended up
2: stabbing. He ended up getting in back into his apartment and stabbing his wife.
1: Yeah. And and so we've seen firsthand that you know just calling the cops to come do a, to come help a situation they're they're busy you know they've got other stuff to do sometimes
2: at no point in history has it ever been a good idea for only the government to have guns no there's never it's never been a good thing in history no not for any it's not even a good thing in present day african countries no not We're for only... any
1: political side whatsoever there's never been a good uh, never been a good idea for only the government to have guns so
2: that's that's a that's a really important thing to remember, especially yeah. the the Second Amendment was designed to to fight against tyranny. Yeah, that's the ultimate.
1: You know what? We should put out a uh, Second Amendment T shirt of some kind today. You yes, have, you want to do that? I like that idea. Some kind of guns T shirt. We we'll can put you that design out.
2: this one. I'd spend all my time designing all the yeah. other
1: stuff. It's about time I step up <laughs> on that. Yeah. So you can go. Uh, um, on a lighter note, you can go to. Actually, I'll send you to this. This is a new one. Good dot us slash connect. And you will have every single page that you need. That's a subscription to the podcast. If you're uh somehow listening to this clairvoyantly in some kind of way, <laughs> um that is a way to get to our merch store where we're selling stickers, t shirts, coffee mugs for BernieLies.com dot com and Good Morning Liberty, all those kinds of things. Taxation is theft t shirts. I put out a new one this weekend. So all kinds of things like that. And that really what that does, that helps that helps further the cause that we're talking about right now. If you go on there and get one of those. So um that's something you can do. You can also go at Good Morning Liberty on Instagram or at good AM Liberty, because good morning liberty is too long on Twitter. Uh and go go say hi to us on there. And uh yeah, tell your friends. So To write a review.
2: The conversation's always happening on Facebook, at Good Morning Liberty.
0: Yep.
1: Yep.
2: There's uh, constantly growing, and I think that sound means we are running out of time for (laughs) this show. So (laughs) we hope that you, uh, we hope you guys take this conversation to heart. Uh, Send us an email or hit us up on any of the social media platforms and let us know what we said wrong. And we'll be sure to have a conversation with all of you guys out there, so Um, I know it's tragic news, but, uh, in spite of all that, we hope that you guys still have a good day and a good morning Liberty.